Welcome to A Big Heart, a podcast about living with heart disease. I'm Mike Papali, and I'm the president and founder of In a Heartbeat, a nonprofit organization with a mission to prevent death from sudden cardiac arrest. I witnessed sudden cardiac arrest at age 17 and have been living with heart disease for over a decade. This podcast will dissect the physical and emotional obstacles of living with heart disease and how to overcome them. I am inviting you to join me on my personal journey of living as a heart disease patient. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to help heart disease patients of all ages live a long and normal life. Welcome back to the next episode of A Big Heart, a podcast about living with heart disease. A Big Heart is powered by In A Heartbeat, In A Heartbeat is a nonprofit organization with the mission to prevent death from sudden cardiac arrest. This is done by donating AEDs, providing CPR and AED training, raising money for research projects, providing support to patients, and offering free ECGs to children, teens, and young adults. To learn more about In A Heartbeat, visit www.inaheartbeat.org. All right, everybody, welcome back to the next episode. I am so excited i've been waiting to get this episode live for a few weeks now Uh, we have a very very special guest angela hartley from healthy hearties and before we get into her interview i just want to say i was blown away by everything that he she had to say and you'll hear me say this a lot throughout the interview i wish i had met somebody with angela's skill set expertise and knowledge earlier in my life because when i had my cardiac arrest at age 17 i struggled big time with exercise. And that's what she talks about in this episode. Um, She is a cardiac nurse. She's done cardiac rehab and she now has her own business. And and like you'll hear me tell her, I struggled with exercise, which led to some weight gain, which led to me being unhealthy and also some psychological issues like lack of self-confidence, being very self-conscious among my friends not wanting to go to the beach, not wanting to go uh, to a pool because I didn't like how I looked. So the fact that I wasn't able to exercise because I was scared, um, it wasn't a physical thing. I, you know, my doctors would have allowed me to do you know, exercise within moderation, but I was scared to. And it took me a long time to figure it out. And I truly believe that if I had met someone like Angela earlier in my life, I would have definitely been able to get myself on the right track um, earlier, and I, maybe I wouldn't have had to go through some of those, you know, physical and psychological issues that I had. So that's all I have to say this week. Uh, without further ado, uh, I'm very excited to welcome on Angela Hartley from Healthy Hearties. All right, it is my pleasure to introduce a very special guest joining us from London, Angela Hartley from Healthy Hearties. Uh, Angela, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be on a podcast like this. Of course. So we have some great information that we're going to share with our listeners here. But before we do that, could you just take some time and just tell us a little bit about your background, um, your passion behind starting uh, Healthy Hearties and kind of what the goal of the business is? Okay, cool. Sure. 
Um, well, I, I guess the main thing to know about me is that I love the heart and I love all things about the heart and that's my real passion. Um, it all started, I'm from Australia, so I did my nursing training in Australia. Um, and then a few years after that, I moved to the UK for the old, you know, gap year. Um, and I never left because I met my husband. So what I did um, when I came to the UK is I went into exercise because I thought that would be um, a nice, good career move while I was just here on holiday. Um, and then when I realized that I wanted to stay for longer, I went back to the nursing as a bit more of a steady um, career. Um, so I went back to the heart ward um, and I, I've sort of worked throughout the heart journey. So I've worked on the ward when people are recovering from their surgery. Um, I worked in intensive care. So when you very first came out of the surgery um, and then I moved after a few years of that into cardiac rehab. Um, because I still on the side was doing my fitness. So I really loved the exercise. So when this job came up, which was cardiac rehab, I thought perfect combines the two. Um, so I helped, um, you know, build that, that as a business for um, my boss. Um, it was really successful. It still is it's a really great service. Um, but when I had my babies I wanted to take a step back from commuting and you know the travel and the long hours so I set it up for myself where I see one-to-one -one, um, people um, for exercise sessions and they come to me I have a studio gym and it's just a little bit outside of London and um, so most people live within about half an hour drive and we do exercise together. It might be, you know, on the treadmill, on the bike. We do some boxing and we do some weights. And I'm really passionate about showing people with a heart condition that they can exercise safely. Um, and I love it when that aha moment comes up where they um, realize, well, oh, actually I can do this. And then they start to enjoy exercise rather than dreading it. So that's sort of my story. I'm still doing that now. Obviously with the pandemic, um, I've had to move all my sessions online because London is quite, uh, well, the whole country is currently in lockdown. So I can't see anyone face to face. Um, most of my clients are enjoying that to a certain degree. There's always challenges with Zoom and um, equipment and things like that, but we're getting by and people are still, you know, doing their work at home. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And, and it's, um, it's been really fun to get to this point because I do feel like now I've seen the whole journey. Um, obviously not personally, I don't have a personal heart condition, but I've seen that journey from when you very first wake up to getting you back on your feet and running again or back on your feet doing weights again or even for older people perhaps it might be just you know being able to play with their grandkids again um so yeah i, I really love it yeah that, that's awesome so I, I know i can relate to a lot of the things you said there being diagnosed at age 17 in the situation i was in and having not understanding number one you know the importance of being heart healthy and, and exercising um, and also kind of getting back and, and, and having that aha moment. So I think it's a really important thing uh, for patients to have. So um, my, my, my next thought is before we, before we really get into kind of talking about um, exercising, I think it's important for people to understand why 
uh, it is important specifically for their heart um, after being diagnosed with a heart disease, why it's important to continue to exercise and keep their heart healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's a really important thing to do. And, and I think we know from just growing up, you know, you've got to eat well, you've got to exercise, um, try and, you know, avoid gaining weight. We sort of have that drilled into us, but we don't know the specifics around it. Um, and the reason that we like exercise um, from a heart point of view is exercise and training the heart muscle is a bit like building your biceps. It makes it stronger. They can do more. Um, so, so by exercising and increasing that heart rate actually improves the heart function. Obviously, there are caveats to this, and we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, but exercise in general for, you know, 99% of people improves the heart function, improves the amount of oxygen to the heart muscle, which the heart loves. Um, and if you imagine something like training for the Olympics, um, those people have such a good heart function that their effort levels are so much lower because they've done exercise for a long time. And that means that doing the same amount of activity is then easier. So that's fitness in a nutshell. So you do it, it gets easier. You do it again a little bit harder, that gets easier. Um, and that's because the heart function improves. It doesn't have to work as hard. Um, and it's also been proven that it can help lessen heart disease, um, reduce the risk of a second heart attack. Um, so we'll talk about cardiac rehab, but that's a really important thing is to go to cardiac rehab to prevent going back into hospital. Mm -hmm. I, I would agree 100%. I know I did cardiac rehab and to be completely upfront, I, I, at first I absolutely hated it because I was the youngest person there by, by many years. But looking back on it now, I realize how crucial it was for my development after my um, diagnosis because it, it, it kind of was the first steps in me learning how to work out again. Um, but, but, you know, I know I went through this and I know there's a lot of other, you know, heart disease patients out there when they're newly diagnosed and what, what advice would you give people to, you know, get away from the fear of working out after being diagnosed? Cause I think there's a lot of fear of, you know, if somebody's a cardiac arrest survivor at happening again, or if someone's diagnosed with a heart disease and them being afraid of you know, something happening during exercise. So I guess, yeah, what, what advice would you give someone to, to slowly get past this fear? Yeah, I guess the first thing is to normalize that fear, to say it's okay to be scared and it's a really common occurrence. So you're not alone in feeling like that. I don't think it's going to be a magic wand that I could wave to say, just do this and it will be absolutely fine and, you'll, and you won't be scared anymore. But like you're saying, the first steps is trying to get to cardiac rehab. Obviously, if you're quite far past your events, you may not be able to do something like that. Um, but if you've only recently been diagnosed, you may be able to, to go to cardiac rehab. And the key thing for that is they're the experts in exercise after a heart condition diagnosis. So that would be you know the best thing that you could do is to go to a cardiac rehab where you can access an expert so every time you feel a niggle you can say oh i feel a niggle and the expert will say don't worry that's normal okay i've checked you over great um, and that will build your confidence up because you're being supervised 
after that point, when you're no longer being supervised, it is then about learning about your own body and your own limits. Um, it's difficult to, to say 100% this will never happen again, just like for a person who doesn't know that they have a, a heart condition. So your average Joe in the gym exercising, trying to lose weight, they may have a heart condition and not know about it. So they could also have a risk. I think because you have been told you have a heart condition, it's always there in the back of your mind. Um, so even though you've probably been treated, you might be on medication to prevent your heart rate from going too high. You might have, um, like yourself, an implantable defibrillator. So you may have got all these lovely mechanisms behind you, which actually puts you in a safer position than someone who has no clue that they have a heart problem. Um, you're also probably going to be slightly more cautious and you're probably not going to be pushing to a level where you're going to cause that problem. Um, and those are the sorts of keys is finding out what's your limit. Can we ask your doctor what that is? So um, for someone with an implantable device, usually you're given some guidelines, like try not to get your heart rate over 190, mm -hmm. uh, which is quite hard to do anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, you might be told in severe cases, right, I really don't want you doing anything that gets your heart rate over 100. You know, so some people get given really strict guidelines. If you haven't been given guidelines, that's slightly trickier because it's not like a specific, don't do this, do that. Um, but I guess the key thing is to try and learn about your own heart condition as much mm. as you can ask tons and tons of questions from the right people, um, especially exercise experts. So an, an exercise physio, uh, electrophysiologist, if you can find one of those, absolutely just drill them with questions. Yeah. Um, so if you have a pacemaker or a device, every time you get it tested, like ask a million questions. Yeah. Um, and learn your, learn your body um, as well. So that would be the sort of key. I know that's not specific. So that is a bit like what she talking about. That's not specific, but I think for each individual, it's working out what's right for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, just based on my experiences, I, you know, and I'm not, I'm not a medical professional. I'm speaking strictly from the, the patient side of it, but I, I think everything you said is spot on just based on my, my life and my experiences, because you know, quite honestly, I, I wish I, I, I was able to meet you when I was 17 or 18, because I've told patients um, that I've had the opportunity to speak with over the, you know, the last 14 years or so, exactly that, you know, it's very, very important to learn your body and listen to your body, because, you know, everybody's a little different and everybody, you know, certain exercises make certain people feel different ways. Um, so listening to your body and asking questions, um, there's nothing better than asking an expert a question and, and hearing what they have to say about it and, and allowing that to help you along your journey. So honestly, I, I think everything you said is spot on. You know, I guess my next question would be, you know, so, you know, someone goes through cardiac rehab um, and they're out at the gym now and they're kind of on their own. Are there any specific, you know, symptoms or signs that they should be looking for that say like, okay, if I'm, if I'm on a treadmill or something, I'm running, 
you know, maybe I need to tone it down. Is there any specific things that they should be be looking for that to know that they need to tone it tone it back a little bit? Um, I guess the key thing is anything that's new um, and unusual for you. So any new chest pain, definitely like massive red flag. I'd want to you go and investigate that straight away. If you've had chest pain in the past and you you know you have your GTN spray and you've used that before then you've probably been pushing the limit a bit and, and you need to tone it down if you're continually having to use your spray. Um, so when you use your angina spray, it opens up the arteries. Mm -hmm. That's a sign that the heart's not getting enough oxygen. So you do want to tone that down, get it investigated. You know, could you have a change in medication or a, 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 another procedure to help? Um, any other signs would be things like dizziness, um, feeling faint, feeling unwell, nauseated, um, like pale and clammy before you're really pushing very hard at all. Um, and fatigue as well. I know fatigue's a tricky one because a lot of people with a heart problem and on medication particularly feel fatigue. So it's always tricky to know that a normal fatigue is it not a normal fatigue. Um, but anything that's new. So if you know that you can run a kilometer or a mile um, without too much trouble and without, you know, being, at, you know, laid up in bed for three days afterwards. If suddenly you can't run that kilometer and you can't run that mile and you're like wiped out for a week, you're feeling awful, then that is something that's a, that's a red flag. So I'd say the good thing about being fit is, you know, when something's wrong because you can no longer do the same thing. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and then I guess on, uh, to, to kind of piggyback off that, are there any devices or any things that you would recommend? I, there's tons of fitness devices out there, Apple watches, um, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever it is, uh, heart rate monitors. Is there something that you would suggest that heart patients um, use um, in the beginning all the time just to kind of help them measure that they're doing things the right way? So this is a tricky one because I personally love devices and I love yeah. giving people like a heart rate zone mm -hmm. and, and that gives them confidence to say, right, I'm aiming for 120 to 130. Mm -hmm. That's my aerobic zone. I'm going to try and stay around that limit. Um, and it is really useful. So in those cases where people really like those guidelines, they love numbers, they love sort of a, a a guide to work towards it's really useful and i'd say the devices i use most that i find the most accurate are the apple watch I love the apple watch it's also got the ecg function um it's quite accurate um so i've compared it to the chest straps um so polar and garmin and it is on par with those um things like fitbit are okay but they don't read accurately at a higher heart rate so if you're cycling at you know a higher intensity and you look at your Fitbit, it probably won't be accurate. Okay. But it's generally good for like day-to-day -day walking and lower intensity stuff. Um, the other devices, yeah, going back to the chest straps, if you like, if you're happy to wear one, again, some people don't feel comfortable, they may have wounds, they may not like the tightness around their chest, um, but I generally like the Polar and Garmin, don't have a preference. I'm more used to using Polar just with the software. So I like, you know, it's easier for me to, to use that. Um, 
there are more on the market. Um, it's just making sure that they're fairly accurate. So you put it on, check, check your pulse, make sure it's you know the same as what the device is saying. Now on the flip side of that, I have a fair few clients who I try and I get all excited. I'm like, oh my God, here's a chest strap and here's your heart rate and try and work for that. And they completely flip out. They're like, whoa, can't I just like, how does that feel? And they want to know about, so I'm a thinker. I don't know if you've ever done the personality testing, but I'm a thinker. Some people are feelers. So they want to know what should it feel like? Um, what, how hard should I push? How, how will that feel? How will I know when it's too much? Um, so they don't like looking at a watch. They don't want to know their heart rate. They just want to know what it feels like. Um, and I guess the, the rough guide that I give people who, who would rather that is it should feel like you're exercising and it should feel like you're getting warm, you're getting sweaty. If you're in your aerobic zone, it should be about a five to a six, seven out of 10. If you're pushing it above that, an eight or nine out of 10, you're working quite hard for very short periods. You're doing a bit of higher intensity stuff and it should feel like you're getting breathless at that higher intensity. So I guess, yeah, that's the two sort of yeah. visions. You can marry them together and say yeah. at 140, you're going to feel breathless and you're yeah. going to be pushing it. So you can put them both together as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, that's as you were talking, that's exactly what I was thinking. Because I'm like, um, you know, some people, like you said, might not be super uh, thinkers, like you said. But I think there's a good combination there of maybe if you are someone that goes better by feel, you still can start with a watch and see, okay, I'm at 100. You know, my heart rate's 100. This is how I feel. Okay, I'm at 120. This is how I feel, and kind of like combine it together and see. You know, and, yeah. and what if you're if you're an anti-device person, maybe you gradually can you know get away from the device because you've now learned. Okay, I feel this way, so I know my heart rate's got to be around like 120 right now, and that's kind of where I want to yeah. be. Um, that's really interesting. And I think the other useful thing about the devices and knowing your heart rate and your body is it so interesting how much exercise, and I put exercise in inverted commas, that we do all day that we never take into consideration. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you were wearing um, your chest strap or your Apple watch or whatever it is, and you, you, know, you walk up the stairs at the car park, your heart rate probably does go up to 120, 110, yeah. whatever it might be. And you're like, God, I feel awful walking up these stairs. I, gosh, something's wrong. And you look, if you actually looked at your heart rate, it would probably be quite high. Um, and people don't take that into consideration. So it is useful sometimes to wear it for a few days or a few weeks just to see what your heart's doing. When do you feel good? When do you not feel good? When do you start to feel like it's exercise? Um, and the general rule of thumb is anything where you're still talking and you're still able to chat, probably at a slightly less level than we are now, so I might be mm -hmm. heavy breathing slightly more, is generally aerobic exercise. And that's going to be the most beneficial for the heart. Right. Um, okay, so kind of not to completely change gears, but I think slowly what we've done is like we've talked a lot about which I think a lot of heart disease patients fall into this category of slowly progressing back into exercise and the, mm -hmm. you know, how important it is to maintaining and living a, a long and normal life. But now I guess what I'm going to take is the, the patient that is just um, a little 
a little bit ambitious. They're, they've trained at a, a really high level, uh, maybe competition for sport, and they're diagnosed and they're trying to get back to that level, which might not be possible, but, but trying to get back to as high a level as they can, they can get to. So I guess what advice would you give that person to gradually you know, go through that process to get back to training at a, a relatively higher level? So again, it's going back to the very first thing that I said was the biggest tip was that cardiac rehab. So going through that, and I know for you as a young guy, you probably would have found it a bit, um, I don't know what the right word is, maybe too easy, a bit like, oh my God, is this my life? I'm going to be walking at one mile an hour forever. 100%. And a, and a bit... Yep. A bit depressing, right? So yes. if you're an athlete, if you're a young guy like you were, you would be like, oh my God, how am I going to cope with life, right? Yep. Um, so I guess the key thing is to find out what are your limitations, okay? What type of heart problem do you have? Is there a limitation? Like, is it possible to find that out? Mm -hmm. Who do you find that out from? Hopefully you have access to a cardiologist who is an expert in what you've been diagnosed with. They aren't an expert in exercise, so they're not going to be the best person in the world to ask about, well, can I play professional football again? Well, I don't know. Just don't overdo it. You know, this yeah. is the classic doctor answer. They're like, uh, don't overdo it. Mm -hmm. You know, and they don't really tell you whether it's overdoing it for you playing, you know, a 90-minute game of football and overdoing it for someone else's walking to the end of the street. So that doesn't mean anything, right? Um, so I'd find the best expert that you can get access to. So here in the UK, we have a sport, sports cardiologist called Professor Sanjay Sharma. Um, I'd wanna see him. I, like if you are that serious, like I can't live without cycling up a mountain. I can't live without playing professional sport. My life is over without that. You have to go and see that expert and you have to get on his treadmill or his bike and get the testing done um, and say, tell me, doc, what do you think? You know, and, and if he says, look, you, the condition that you've got, you are at higher risk if you do, if you push it for, you know, the next few years. Or he goes, do you know what? Your heart is perfectly functioning. The heart condition you have does not limit you crack on once you obviously build it up. Okay, so that would be like step one, find out as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Do I have a limitation? Do I have a genetic thing that does put me at higher risk of um, like sudden cardiac death? In which case they may give you limitations to stick to and you do have to stick to those or you're putting yourself at risk. Right. Um, the second thing I would say is start slow, build it back up gradually. Mm -hmm. If you were running a marathon last week and then you had a heart attack, I don't want you running a marathon for at least 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. you, know, you need to be back slow and steady. Your heart's been through a trauma. It needs to recover. It needs to you know, regenerate all of those cells that have been damaged. Um, and you need to take it easy. Um, yeah, so I guess that would be the main things is building it back up gradually um, finding your new limits. You know, where do you now get breathless? Has it changed? If you're on beta blockers, your heart rate will have changed. Yeah, cool. so finding out as much as you can. 
Yeah, it's, I guess, the, the really simple saying that knowledge is power. And the more you know about your condition, the more you know about yourself, the more you know about, you know, what the potential complications could be down the line. I mean, all that stuff is really important. And, and some of it's obviously a little scary, but, you know, the more you know about your body and yourself, the more you're able to keep yourself safe while also doing some of the things that you love to do um, and that are yeah. important to do, like exercise. So this has been awesome. So the last thing I, I have is I just want to make sure that you tell our listeners how they can, number one, get in contact with you, how they can follow you um, and learn more about the amazing work that you're doing. Oh, that's very kind. Um, so I have a Instagram account called Healthy Hearties. So it's just at Healthy Hearties. Um, yeah, and people should probably, that's probably the easiest place to get in touch with me. You can see some of my posts, give me ideas about what you'd like me to post about. Um, because there are so many heart conditions. And so I do want to make sure that I talk about all of them because I forget how much I know about different things. You know, I sometimes get better tunnel vision and talk about heart attacks when actually there's lots of people who want to know more about other things. Um, so yeah, that's the main place on Instagram will probably be the easiest. I have a awesome. Facebook group called Healthy Hearties, awesome. um, which has about 1400 people in it. And we just sort of chat about, you know, Hey, I'm on a new beta blocker. Has anyone tried it? Anyone noticed side effects? It's obviously, you know, not a medical advice place. It's just, you know, what did yeah. you think about it? Yeah you know, giving each other tips and camaraderie and support as well. Um, one side note I wanted to just talk about was, yeah. I think the difficulty for most people who are fit and healthy is they want to go back to their normal life. Mm -hmm. um, and it's finding that new normal. Mm -hmm. um, and for some of, some of you, it will be exactly the same. And for mm -hmm. others, it won't be the same. And mm -hmm. I think some of that is a big trauma to get over because you're you're grieving your old life mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that the new life can't be amazing and excellent and full of exercise it just may have to be slightly different so i think that's a, a important process to go through is that grieving for your old life and sort of stepping into that new one as well yeah um if I could mention a book, two people that I think is worth reading if you are yeah. a high intensity athlete. Um, the first one is The Haywire Heart and it's by three doctors. One of them is an electrophysiologist and he's a cyclist. Um, so he talks all about the high intensity exercise for many years um, affecting cyclists and their heart. So it's really interesting, it does, um, sort of paint a bit of a scarier picture for high intensity athletes for long periods. So in summary, he yeah. says a little bit of exercise is good. No exercise is bad and masses amounts of exercise for really long periods is not so good. Okay. Um, the difficulty in that is it doesn't, it's not true for everyone. So the, this is the frustration that, you know, you guys will have is that no expert can tell you what is going to happen. So it's a bit like the hundred year old, you say, what's the secret to living to a hundred? And they say, oh, I just drank whiskey and ate <laughs> cheese all day. And you're like, what? 
<laughs> like so you know no no diet is going to get you to 100 no magic formula is going to make you live forever it's sometimes like just doing a bit of everything that feels good for you as well um the second guy to follow is dr larry Cresswell, and he has a bit more of a conservative conservative view saying actually you can exercise at a high intensity and it won't damage the heart too much. Um, get regular testing so that you can see if there is changes in your heart. Um, you know, if you're at that top level, you should have a medical team looking after you. If you're just a recreational cyclist or runner, um, you know, the majority of people are safe to carry on doing that. Cool. And what, Angela, I'm sorry, what was the name of that? Um... Uh, the Dr. second one? Yep, the second one. So Dr. Larry Cresswell. Cresswell, okay, cool, cool, perfect. Yeah, so I can pop that in the awesome. note. Yeah, those uh, are great resources. Yeah, there's another one called SADS UK. Depends okay. on what your followers like, uh, yep. uh, what heart condition they have. Yeah. Um, but for, um, that ha that's the one that um, Sanjay Sharma, the sports cardiologist, he runs that charity. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, thank you so much. I I'll tell you, I am so happy that we connected, number one, because like I kind of said earlier when we were talking, I wish that I had met somebody with your expertise when I was 17 years old, because I agree 100% with everything that you said uh, in the time that we've spoken here, but it took me a long time to figure it out. And I think that if I could have connected with someone like you at a younger age, I would have avoided some of the obstacles that I had, which, um, you know, I was, I was afraid to work out and I didn't want to go into cardiac arrest again. I didn't want my ICD to shock me. And because I stopped working out and because I was 17 and didn't know how to eat a, a balanced diet, I started to gain weight. And that led to me being number one, more unhealthy, but also me being very self-conscious and losing all, a lot of confidence. So mm. it took years for me to kind of figure out, okay, I can work out. I can eat. Um, and I know we, we, we could have you back on to talk about nutrition, but I, I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. Like most 17 year old kids, I was eating McDonald's and dessert and whatever I wanted and I gained weight. Um, so, hmm. you know, I, I think it's so, and just going off a other couple other things that you said that I love, I love the word normal. Cause I think that's what this podcast is, is really meant to be about. And, and it is a new normal. It might not be the normal that it was before, but the key is, you know, to connect with heart disease patients and help them get back to that new normal so they can live their new normal mm. and have an amazing life, like you said. So um, again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm so excited for our listeners to get the opportunity to listen to you and learn from you and, and, and get back to that, uh, you know, really amazing new normal in their lives. So yeah, thank you very cool. much. love that. No problem. Thank you for having me, Mike. Thank you so much for listening to A Big Heart, a podcast about living with heart disease. If you like this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Like anything in life, 
the goal is to improve. Please provide any feedback you have, any topics you want to hear, or any guests that can provide value to our listeners. You can message us on Instagram at a big heart podcast or send us an email at mike at in a heartbeat.org. To learn more about In a Heartbeat and the programs we provide, please visit www.inaheartbeat.org. That is www.inaheartbeat.org.